guys, welcome to What's the Word? Like, share, subscribe, hit the little bell, get notifications. And I'm so glad we made it through memes with aggressive Marky. That was like aggressive Marky memes. She's like, take this, Kevin. You're going to eat these memes. <laughs> I liked it. That was awesome. It made me happy. So anyway, today we are talking about increasing our capacity through vision. Increasing our capacity through vision. And uh, is anybody ready for it? If you're ready to increase your capacity, put some hands up in the comments. Hands up, hands up. All right. And uh, I'm ready whether you're ready or not. Let's jump in. So we're talking about increased capacity by increasing our vision. Let's look at this. Let's go to Habakkuk 2 and verse 1. We're going to start at 1. We're going to read 1 through 3. Habakkuk 2, verse 1 through 3. It says this, I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved. Uh, one of the greatest things for us ever to do is be at the ready for God. And vision and increased capacity has much to do with being at the ready. Are you ready for God to utilize you or not? What kind of vision do you have? What kind of vision? Write this in the comments. What kind of vision can I accept at my current position? What kind of vision can I accept at my current position or my current thinking? What kind of vision can I accept? Many times we are not ready for the vision that God gives. And the reason is because we've not learned about, uh, we've not put faith in him to increase us. We don't know that God wants to increase us. We don't know that God wants us to go higher. We have become uh, satisfied or content in a wrong way with the state of things, the natural, the world, the corrupted portion. In other words, we become comfortable with the curse of a corrupted world instead of becoming comfortable with a faithfulness in an unlimited God. And so many times we're not standing at the ready. And then when the Lord tries to reprove us, and look at what this says here in verse 1. Now, if you know anything about this passage, the next verse talks about vision. But our, our preparation for vision has everything to do with what kind of vision we can have. So now look at this. He says, I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved. So how are we going to reply? What's our response? You know, it's like uh, the meme that Mark had just had, you know, Jesus, just tell me if you don't want me to do something. Then he tells us no, or he tells us to do something that we didn't want to do. And we're like, um, I don't know if that's actually God. In other words, how do we reply? Let's keep reading here, and then I'm going to come back to it. Uh, verse 2, then the Lord answered me and said, record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens towards the goal, and it will not fail. Hear that, the vision will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it will certainly come. It will not 
delay. So now, let's look at this, starting back in verse 1. Let's just break it down for a second. So, one of the things that we want, God wants you to increase. We've talked about it many times, Luke 2.52, and Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Uh, Paul then goes on to say, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. Uh, this is, uh, follow those who, who through diligence, who through patience, Right Through patience, inherit the promises of God. Follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. So we want to look at Jesus. We want to see he was faithful. He was patient. Uh, we want to see that he actually inherited the promise. He didn't just talk about them. He walked in them. So we want to follow the example of Christ. We want to follow the example of the Apostle Paul who uh, kept increasing. In order to do that, then we must see that God is a God of increase. He wants to increase our lives. If you're not believing God for increase, if you're just believing God to, to stay where you are located, to stay at that same position, then you've taken the potential of faith and buried it in the ground. You buried that talent. You buried that potential. And what God wants us to see is that he's always causing us to increase. Now, why and how could he do that? He, he can do it because he himself is unlimited. So one of the first things that we have to do is we have to get it in ourselves, get our mind renewed to the fact that God wants us to increase. If there is potential, then we need to take advantage of that, utilize what Jesus has paid for, and we need to apply faith to what God has made available to us. For us to not apply faith to it, would actually say, I have the potential. Remember the verse that says, to whom much is given, much is required. Some years ago, I had the Lord ask me this. He said, how much have you been given? I, I, and I was thinking about that verse. To whom much is given, much is required. Jesus said to me, by the Holy Ghost, how much have you been given? And I went, um... I've been given Jesus. <laughs> I have been given Jesus. In other words, I've been given everything. So for somebody who, any believer, even if you're not a believer now, if you're not a Christian now, you can come into the family of God and you can receive everything through Jesus Christ. He is not withholding any good thing for those who walk uprightly. So how much have we been given? Everything is at our, in our hands. Everything. Because God has placed himself available as our father, as the provider. He's placed himself. So how much have we been given? So to whom much is given, much is required. If I've been given everything, then I need to see everything in my life as a requirement to God. I need to see that I'm going to give God all my faith. I'm going to give him all my action. I'm going to give him everything and I'm going to apply it and believe God for it. Early on in, um, in pastoring, I ran into some situations in pastoring where I was just simply saying, Lord, I don't know what to do right here. Like, I know what you want to do in people's lives, but I don't see them grabbing a hold of it. And I don't, I've tried my best to, you know, talk them into it, to preach it in, preach them into it, but it just doesn't seem to be working. And uh, I said, Lord, I don't, I need your wisdom. You know, praise God. Remember, one of the best prayer requests that Solomon ever prayed was for wisdom to lead God's people. Lord, give me wisdom. 
he could ask him, the Lord came to him and said, what do you want? And he said, Lord, give me wisdom. He could have prayed for riches. He could have prayed for a long life. He could have prayed for health. He could have prayed for all of those things. But Solomon, Solomon, in his wisdom, he said, Lord, give me wisdom to guide your people, to lead your people. That wisdom of God is so key and so important. And then the father came back and said, because you could have asked for yourself, but you asked for my people, to bless my people and serve my people. He said, not only am I going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to give you everything else as well. And so in this moment, I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. And, and the Lord said, I pray for wisdom. So I started praying for wisdom. And what I realized was, and this was a revelation that I got, I may not know what to do, but God knows what to do. All of his wisdom, there's got to be an answer. There has to be an answer because God is too big for there not to be an answer. There has to be an answer. There has to be an answer. There has to be an answer in God. There's got to be a solution. And so when you face a brick wall in your life, understand that God is too big to not have an answer for what you're facing. And so many times what happens is we'll come up to hard ground that needs breaking up. We'll come up to a brick wall. We'll be between a rock and a hard place. We'll be in all of these places that look so difficult, and we don't know how we're going to make it. And many times it's like, if this doesn't change, I feel like I'm going to die. There's an answer in God and in his great love for you. No matter what you're facing, there's an answer in God. And so when you start to see that and get revelation of that, you'll start to see, uh, we will start to see there is a provision beyond what I've been able to see so far. And I need to prepare myself to be able to receive whatever vision he gives to me. Well, along that path, one of the things, the major thing that he told me is, Brian, I want you as a pastor and as a leader, I want you to be so hungry and so humble and on fire that people that get around you, it'll catch them on fire too. They'll catch your hunger. They'll catch your humility. In other words, he said the answer to people is you. Work on you. You get yourself in that place. And so he gave me a wisdom. Well, I'm telling you, I started applying those things. But the first thing that he did right out of the gate when he gave me that answer was he told me he wanted me to fast 40 days. Well, you have to see, I, when he told me to fast 40 days, I, I didn't know anybody personally that had done it that I was aware of. I knew some people that had done it, I found out later, but I didn't know that they had done that. I never heard anybody talking about that. So I'm wondering, is this even potential? And I knew if God's asking me to do it, and he's given me vision for it, there's a supply of provision for it. And just the word provision means to see ahead. In other words, God sees what you need for the vision, and he gives you the supply to help the vision come to pass. Just like what he says here in these verses, the vision will come to pass. So the first thing in increasing your capacity is seeing that God already has provision for the vision. He wants you to increase, and he will give you what you need to get there. So if I will show down my mind, if I shut down my mind and I can't believe God 
for what I need, I'll never get proper vision. And if I don't have that vision, I'll never run into the manifestation of it. I must open up my heart, open up my faith, open up my mind to say, Lord, you'll give me this vision. In you, you are unlimited. You are unlimited. In you is every provision I need. You've given me everything. And Peter, it says, he's already granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. I'm not waiting on it. You're not waiting on it as a Christian. And if you're not a Christian, you can have everything God wants you to have, which is a ton. He's not withholding any good thing. You can have that simply by saying, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life and I will serve you. And I believe that God raised you from the dead and brought you back to life, and you brought me up with you. You didn't leave me in that place of death. Jesus, you're my Lord. You become a part of the family of God. Immediately, spiritually, you're blessed with every spiritual blessing. In Ephesians 1.3, it gives us that promise. And so immediately, all of the blinders ought to be taken off of our vision and move up to another place. God wants to increase you, and he ha already has available for you everything you need to go and do great and mighty and supernatural things. Remember in Chronicles where it says that the eyes of the Lord are looking to and fro throughout the whole earth looking for someone whose heart is pure or mature towards God that he might show himself strong on their behalf. Remember in Daniel, I think it's maybe 12.3 or 32.3. Uh, in Daniel, it says this. It says in Daniel that those that know their God will do exploits. Those that know their God will do exploits. In other words, we just got to get to know him. We've got to open up our mind, and we've got to increase our uh, vision of who he is, of his great love that he has for us, and increase that vision so that our capacity can go higher. What I've seen in myself and in many people in the kingdom of God is they don't truly have a heavenly, eternal vision for who God is and who God wants to be in their life. They have a corrupted world teaching and the framework of the limits of a corrupted world. And because they have that framework, they can never see beyond the limits of that box. They can never see beyond that. And we've got to break that. We've got to see God for who he is, all-powerful, unlimited. Uh, real quickly, let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. Thank you, Lord, for helping bring this out. Ephesians 3.20. I want you to see something. Think about this. I flipped past it twice now. Ephesians 3 and verse 20. It says, Now to him, to God, who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. Now, watch this. And he does this to him be the glory. In other words, God wants to do these kind of things for his glory. Not just for our glory, for our glory and his glory. His glory. 
And so a lot of people, they're like, well, if I do that kind of stuff and that kind of big things, that it'll just be for our glory. No, God's got this plan. It'll be to your glory. God shows us that he wants to make his glory your glory in Isaiah uh, 61 or Isaiah 60. And, and he says, I want to, I, I think it's Isaiah 60 and uh, around verse 1, 2, 3. And so he wants to take his glory and make it your glory. But he is doing it for his glory. He wants to do great and mighty things. He wants to do exploits. He wants to show himself strong on your behalf for his glory. Because when his glory is seen in you that couldn't do it by yourself, people looking on will say, my goodness, God did that. And you see that as part of the plan. I think it's in Psalms, uh, maybe 126, where it says that the heathen will look on and say, they'll start to say, God has done great things for them. They'll see that God has done great things for you. That's for his glory. So God, God wants to do great things. He wants to increase your capacity for his glory. Please put that in the comments. God wants to increase my capacity for his glory. See, these are the types of scripture where we need to see it and know it so that we're not our conscience that's been corrupted by a world's thinking doesn't hold us back from the heavenly plan. God wants to see this. Now, now watch this. Now to him who is able, and what's he able to do? And first of all, let me ask you another question. Why is he giving us this verse? Is he giving you this verse because he doesn't want it to come to pass? If he didn't want it to come to pass, all he had to do was not say it. He's saying it because he wants it to come to pass. He's saying this because he desires Ephesians 3.20 to come to pass in your life. That's what he wants. Now look at this. It says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. Okay, now just think about this. It, the first thing is he wants to do beyond what we can ask or think. So think, what are all the things that you're capable of thinking right now? And he wants to go beyond that. That's the first descriptive term. He, then he, he adds this, not just beyond, abundantly beyond. In other words, he doesn't want to just go barely past it. He wants to go way past it. You know, he wants to go abundantly beyond. This, this, again, why did God put the scripture in here? For you to, ne to never grab a hold of it, to be like a pipe dream that you never can grab a hold of? No, he's putting it in here so that it can become real. He wants to be, do abundantly beyond what you can ask or think. Then watch this. He adds more to it. He says, more abundantly beyond. How many descriptive terms? It's like every time he says one of these descriptive terms, it multiplies how far beyond what we can ask or think. How far beyond we can ask or think. Every time he does it, it's multiplying it out. So I can think, I mean, I can think of some big things. I can, I can definitely think, I can tell you one of my thoughts as a young man was, Lord, I want to have businesses and I, I'm believing you to bring in an income of $1 billion a year. $1 billion. No. Um, so I want, to, I want to believe you for this. And I was believing the Lord to give me businesses before I knew the full plan uh, for my life. But 
that vision is not gone. That vision's not gone just because I became a minister. No, I would say maybe it's increased because I became a minister. Because do you think all the money has to come in just through the church? And here's the other thing. Can God not do that just through a blessed church that all the church is moving and far more abundantly beyond what we ask or think? See, we've been thinking too low, but forget about that. You think the Lord can't give me an idea for a business to bring in an income of a billion dollars a year? Absolutely. If, he can, if, if corrupted evil men can have that, God wants to bless his kids. They're supposed to be distinctive. So many people don't have the idea that they can rise to these heights because they've never truly begun to know who God is. And I'll tell you right now, I can tell you right now, and I'm teaching this lesson, I have not arrived at this. I'm going to show you something in just a second in the same verse that hopefully changes the way you look at what your potential is forever, forever. And, and every time I think I'm thinking big, the Lord says, think bigger. <laughs> every time I think I'm, I'm thinking big enough, the Lord will say, think bigger. Think bigger, think bigger, think bigger. <laughs> Every time. And I'm like, wow, why? Because he has that potential. What? If God is the backer of what he's calling us to do, what are your limits? Yeah. If God is the backer, if he, if he what's that uh, called when somebody is supporting? Uh, what's the word when somebody's the supporter or the you know, um, benefactor? It, I think that's the word I'm looking for. If God is the benefactor, right, of what he's called you to do, where are your limits? What's the limits? There are none because my benefactor has none. My benefactor has none. We were watching a movie the other night, and the guy said, I don't have a limit on this credit card. I'm like, that's like God. You know, what limits does he have? If he did need something, he'd just create it. <laughs> Like, well, I need a, you know, another you know, $100 trillion limit on my credit card. Okay, I'll just create another planet. Yeah. If God's the benefactor, what are the limits? There are none. And he is our benefactor. And this is why he's saying to us, I want you to do far more beyond, far more abundantly beyond. You know, this is, and again, if you've listened at all, you've heard me say this multiple times. It's not all about money. However, money is a really good teacher of this. In other words, money is like Christianity 101. And when you understand finances and kingdom, you can relate to these things. You can take and, you can take and see uh, in money how these things can multiply, how these things can be exponential. But look at the Lord when he says this. He says, he says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond. He wants to do beyond all we can ask or think, abundantly beyond all we can ask or think, more abundantly beyond all we can ask and think, and not just there, far more, far more beyond, far more beyond, abundantly beyond all we can ask or think. And uh, here's what I want you to see. All of this, in other words, everything you can ask or think right now, and I was saying, I can remember thinking as a young man, I'm believing you for a billion dollar a year income. I can think that. 
I can ask that. I did ask that, and I do think that. I ask that. I think that. And why am I, why am I asking for that? One, because I, I want it. Two, because I want, the, I want God's covenant established. Do you know how many souls can be saved with that type of money? It's huge. Do I, and would I be able to spend it personally in our lives? No, I wouldn't. That's why I want it, because I can't spend it all on me. It's got to go to the kingdom. <laughs> That's why I want it. You know, and so I can ask or think that. But then this verse, this is a literal verse. He says, I can do and want to do, by telling us this verse, far more abundantly beyond a billion dollar a year income. See, somebody's getting this. I can sense it. Somebody, it's clicking. You're seeing things on a different level. God's opening up your eyes, and that's what this broadcast is about, increasing your capacity, increasing your vision for the things that God wants to get to you. All right, now, one of the things I want you to see here in this verse is, beyond all that we can ask or think. Now, watch this. When I was a kid, um, having a dollar in my pocket was a big deal. As I grew up, the dollars became lesser. And so uh, then $10 became a big deal. Then $20 became a big deal. And then, you know, $100 became a huge deal. I can remember thinking, man, if I got $100, I am rich, rich, rich. You know, I can, as a kid, does anybody remember that as a kid? Like, man, $100. And I remember seeing $100. I was like, wow, you know, wow. All right. But that's as a kid. As I grew up, $100 became less to me. I can remember thinking if I had 1000 if I had 10000 if I had this. And, and in other words, as I grew, what I could ask or think became bigger. Now, I want you to see this. So as we go down the timeline of life, right, as we go down the timeline of life, what we ask or think if we are op operating biblically, then our vision should increase. So you should see our vision go like this. You should see vision for your life increase. Just like as a kid, money increased, and what I used to could ask or think about grew, grew. Now what I ask or think about and what I think is a lot of money is a lot different from when I was a kid because my vision has increased. What I can ask or think about has grown. But now watch this. If you look at a timeline, every time that your vision grows, you can ask, you should be asking or thinking of more, yeah. right? But this verse remains as a present promise a promise right now in the present, no matter how far you go down the timeline of life. And so when I, if, if a million dollars now is a lot, this verse still applies. He says, I still want to give you and can, am able to give you far more abundantly beyond a million. Well, then if I can start thinking of a billion, the verse is still present and a promise in my life. Even at a billion, I can give you far more beyond, you know, far more abundantly beyond. And, and okay, now a trillion. He says, still, I can give you far more and am able to 
far more abundantly beyond. In other words, what I, I really have gotten a revelation on is there's no limit to this verse. It's always a promise of God. And I'm thinking, well, when's it going to run out? See, when's it going to run out? What's the cap? That's the corrupted world talking because it sees God as limited when God is truly unlimited. You're not going to run out of, out of God. You're not going to run every time. If you can envision it, God can get it to you because he has truly no limits. It's a corrupted, cursed thinking that constantly sees the limits. And God wants some people of his. He wants some of his family. He's looking for somebody whose heart is pure towards him. In other words, their heart sees him for who he is, and they're going after him so that he can show himself strong on their behalf. He is unlimited. He's looking for someone that will envision him like that. He's looking for a people. If you're going to be that people, put it in the comments. Put some hands up. I'm going to be that kind of person for the Lord who takes the limits off. Who takes the limits off. God, by putting this verse in here, God truly made himself and shows us he is completely unlimited, absolutely unlimited, unlimited. And we're not just talking about money. We're talking about glory, power, the anointing. His love is unlimited. His love is unlimited. I love over in Romans, um, Romans, I believe it's chapter 11, around verse 32, 33, Paul is looking at the love of God, and he just can't take it anymore. He just, he just says, oh, the depths, the depths and the heights and the width of God's love and his wisdom. His love and wisdom. It, 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 Paul just, he's, he's like, I can't even fathom it anymore. He's just so big. He's just so big. He's unlimited. That's who he is. And you are made in his image and likeness. You're made in his image and likeness. Grab that. You are made in his image and likeness. You are made in his unlimited image and likeness. You couldn't do it without him. That's not even possible. But with him, you're made in his unlimited image and likeness. Glory to God. What does God want to do with you? Are you catching some vision right now? Are you catching some vision right now? Now watch. All right, how do we get to this ability? You know, he says God is able. This is an ability of God. How do we get to this? Back up one verse. Or uh, back up to verse 17, 17 through 19. So Ephesians 3, 17 through 19. Yeah, well, we could read the whole chapter. but uh, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, there's a big key. You've got to be rooted and grounded in love. In love, you can do this. Verse 18, you may be able to comprehend. Can you see that if I'm not operating in faith and love, I won't be able to comprehend the unlimited nature. 
So I must work on myself to be rooted and grounded in faith and love, specifically rooted and grounded in love, but he talks about that he'll dwell in our hearts through faith. Faith plays a part. Without faith and love, and I would, I would include faith, hope, and love in the full context of the word, we won't be able to comprehend this unlimited vision, this un unlimited capacity, this unlimited nature. But in verse 18 it says that if you'll do this, you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and the height, and the depth. Do you know what we're describing we're describing the unlimited nature of God, and God says, you'll be able to catch it. You'll be able to get it. And then he says, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Here's the thing. Your, your physical brain will not be able to know it, but the spirit man will be able to catch, catch it the unlimited. Right now, even now, your brain might already be tilting a little bit, but your spirit man is eating it up. <laughs> your spirit man's like, oh yeah, we can do this. We've got this. Your spirit man is eating it up because your spirit man is the real you, and it's made the unlimited image and likeness of God. And your spirit man's saying, yes, we can do this. We can do this. Well, that's where we have to make sure that that corrupted fleshly man doesn't come in and put the thinking back in a box. We've got to increase that capacity. Now, again, how did I just define that we increase the capacity and we can start to think and ask and think on a heavenly, eternal, supernatural level? How can you do this in an unlimited nature? You've got to know God. You have to know Him. You have to spend time with him. So, see, this is the issue. A lot of people think that they're going to go and make a ton of money and get the wealth that God wants them to have by all of their hard work and their own ideas. And what they don't do is spend time with the Lord. They don't spend time praying in the Spirit. They don't spend time reading the Word. They don't spend time praying and talking to the Lord, worshiping Him. And they don't realize that that is where it generates from, Acts 17, 28. In Christ, in Him, we live and move and have our being. We have life to the full till it overflows. We move. We know where to go, and we're empowered to get there and protected to get there. And anything that needs to come into being, it comes into being in relationship with God. So a lot of people, they're out there, they're working on Sunday trying to you know, work hard and hustle and do all this stuff, and they don't realize that the answer is get with God. You know, treat a Sabbath as a day of worship and honor and rest to the Father, not hustle on the Sabbath. So many times people don't realize their success is found in Him. And put that in the comments. My Unlimited success is found in intimate fellowship with Jesus. My unlimited success is found in intimate fellowship with Jesus. So you can see, here he gives us his unlimited nature and his desire to get it to us, but how does he tell us that it will come? By knowing him, and how will the knowing him come? We root ourselves in faith and love. See, again, it goes back to what Paul was telling Timothy. Pastor, work on yourself. 
He tells us, listen, if you want to grow, work on yourself. Work on your faith. Work on your hope. Work on your love. Today, you're working on yourself by increasing vision. And you have to see first that God wants you to increase. He doesn't want you stagnant. He doesn't want you staying at the same place. He wants you to be unlimited. But you've got to know that God wants you to increase, not stand still. He doesn't want you to stand still. He wants you to go forward. He wants you to go forward. He wants you to go forward. Remember, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Why? Because he took what God gave him in his hands and he multiplied it. He went forward. Remember, God's not the one. He says, look, you're not fit for the kingdom if you set your hand to the plow and look back and look at all the bad stuff in the past and how bad you did and all, all that stuff. Go forward. Go forward. You can remember how good God was. You know, if we don't look at how good God was in our life, then we can become hard-hearted and we'll miss what he has going forward. But the purpose of that is so that we can go forward at top speed. God wants you to increase. Secondly, first, first thing, to increase your capacity for vision, know God wants you to increase. Second thing, start thinking in God's unlimited nature. You must see and think and be prepared to receive an increased vision. So two, I would say, be prepared for your vision to increase. Okay? Now, we can talk more about details in that. But let's go back now to Habakkuk 2 and verse 1. I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart. What is this saying? I will stand at the place, the rampart was the wall, so that I could see and be ready for any attack offensively or defensively. I'm ready. I'm standing at the ready. In the military, we would call this standing at attention, right? We are at the ready. We are ready to go. Uh, we're ready to go uh, side to side, forward, backward, up, down, whatever's got to happen. We are at the ready. How can you be at the ready for vision to increase if you don't think that God wants you to increase? By definition, if you are not prepared and don't know that you know that God wants you to increase and not stand still, then you're not going to, when he gives you an increased command, right, you won't be ready for it because you're not expecting it. This is where hope comes in. We have a joyful, confident expectation on the character and nature of God. And God's character and nature is to increase. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's over this broadcast today. I can sense it. He's given me words. That's why I'm talking fast, because he's given me stuff so fast it's hard for me to get it out. This is going to be one of those that you go back and you pull out the tidbits, and there's a lot of them. There's a lot of stuff that I'm saying that the Holy Ghost is giving. This is, this is not one to hear once. This is one you're going to want to hear multiple times. So we stand, uh, chapter 2, verse 1, Habakkuk, I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart. This is like a soldier being at the ready. So you're saying, and you can put this in the comments, Lord, I'm ready for your increase. I'm ready for your increase. And I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me. So this is not a position of, watch this, if we're waiting on the command, we're not talking. If we're waiting on the command, we're not talking. We're not busy about our business. We're busy to receive. We're ready to receive. Uh, I'm reminded of Acts chapter 13. 
where they were ministering to the Lord. They were in a position to receive the word, and in that moment, an international ministry was launched for the Apostle Paul because they were ministering to the Lord. They were in the position to receive. I've heard uh, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown many, many times say that many of these multi-million dollar business ideas came while somebody was rolling around on the ground, while the uh, Holy Ghost had touched them and the anointing was given them. They were in the position to receive because they were honoring the Lord and ministering to the Lord. They were ready to receive. They were in the position to receive. They weren't, they weren't doing everything they were doing. They were at the ready, ready to receive. Amen. I'm, I'm ready to hear the command. You know, if, if right now I'm talking, I'm just talking, 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 talking. And, you know, let's say that, let's say that, um, you know, Barrett tries to say, say something to me. She's sitting here in the studio. Uh, and let's say she tries to say something to me, but I'm incessantly talking. I won't stop talking. Am I going to hear her? If I hear her, am I going to hear her clearly? There may be one word that changes the whole directive, but I can't hear. I'm not ready. I'm not in the position to receive. He said, I will keep watch. This means we're in fellowship. We're in relationship. And we're not talking the whole time. We're ready to hear. And he says, I will see what he will speak to me. Not what everybody else. This, there's so much in the word. Not what everybody else will say. Who cares what everybody else says? What is Jesus saying to you? What is Jesus? Yes, hear from the Lord and get confirmation from people that God has put spiritually in your life. But what is he saying? What is he saying? And then he says, and, and how I may reply when I'm reproved. In other words, the question to my increase and to my vision is, when God does give me something, how do I respond? Oh, this is big. How do I respond when he says something and when he corrects me? How do I respond? How do I respond when he says something to me? How do I respond when he corrects me? Right now, as you're hearing this, you may hear actually a correction of the Lord, a conviction of the Holy Ghost saying, wow, I've not thought large enough. I've not thought a big enough increase. I've not known the Lord as that way unlimited. I've not known him as that. I'm, wow, I didn't know that. And so then, and, and watch this, I've not known him as that unlimited. And so you may be receiving reproof right now and correction right now. Like you need to think bigger. You need to believe God for increase. I'm, I'm really desiring somebody in the ministry, whether they attend at Boomerang or they're part of the family, you know, the What's Right family, um, I'm really believing the Lord to send people who are hungering for a vision that will start believing God, I mean for billionaire and trillionaire stuff. And that's just an example of their thinking. Other things come along. If you're thinking that big financially, you're thinking that big in terms of the glory as well. You're thinking on a different level. I'm looking for some thinkers that will think beyond that, that won't be limited by what other people say. What is he saying? What is he saying? Mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. What, what, how do we respond when we are reproved, when we're corrected? Then the Lord answered me and said, record the vision. Inscribe it on tablets or write it down. Don't just try to keep it in your head. Put it down. 
And that's why, that's why we have our vision every time we do a service. It says, Boomerang Church, a house of love and prayer, living in abundance, winning souls, and making disciples for Jesus. Because we want that vision to be plain. We want it to be in front of people. And we want, it to hear, we want people to hear it so many times that they get it. They can run with the vision. I will be a person of love. I will be a person of prayer. I will have abundance and live in abundance, not just think about abundance. I'm, we're living in the abundance in every area of life. You know, finances included, health, glory, anointing, love, mercy, peace, grace, the gifts, the fruit. We're living in abundance in them all, winning souls. I will be a soul winner, and I will make disciples. You know, we're casting this vision into people every day. We put it up on the screen. We're writing it down. We're making it plain. Why? Because we don't people, want people to walk in the short amount of time, this vapor of time we have on the earth. We don't want people walking. We want them running. We want them running. There's a statement, and uh, I heard Pastor JB say it first. He said, he said, when you're tired of speaking the vision, the people are just now starting to get it. When you're tired of speaking it, the people are just now starting to give it, to get it. Amen. You've got to have the vision, make it plain, and you, so that the one who reads it may run by it. Watch this, verse 3. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. In other words, the vision has a time on it, and God's bringing it to pass. He's bringing it to pass. Listen, the vision hastens towards the goal. And I would say people that are wrapped up in the vision, they're also hastening toward the goal. So if you find yourself drawing back from the goal, then you need to get that vision stronger inside of you. People that are wrapped up in the vision go with the vision and hasten towards the goal. Thank you, Lord, for wisdom. Thank you for this wisdom you're pouring out. Watch this. And the vision, and it will not fail. If you have a vision from the Lord, it will not fail. So you need to know, I'm not failing. He's leading me to triumph. He's leading me to victory. It's not failing. It is coming to pass. Now the question is, did you actually hear that vision from the Lord? Did you hear the vision from the Lord? Because a lot of people think they have and they haven't. Listen, I'm, to give you an idea, I've watched many quote-unquote pastors who, in my opinion, were not actually pastors. So they thought they had a vision to be a pastor, but they were an evangelist. They were, they were uh, you know, called into the prophet's office, called into a teacher's office. They were just called to be a supporter of their pastor, but they thought that they were pastors completely out of place. They had a vision, but it wasn't God's vision. It's God's vision only that won't fail. Our vision will fail. That's why it's so important for us to get confirmation before we jump off into large projects, move away from different places. We've got to have the confirmation, and God will put those people in your life. You know, and, and, and here's the thing. If you think you've got vision and you want to test that, you know, I'll invite you. Reach out to the church. Call the church. You know, uh, call, the, call the number. Send an email. You can go to whatsright.com. Send us a note. You know, I'll help you figure out, is this actually God's vision now? But I'll tell you, listen, I'm not playing games because if your life 
has an unlimited potential and you are off doing something that God didn't call you to do, you are wasting your time and you're wasting time and effort in the kingdom. I want you to be right on track, right on target, in your lane, which means I'm going to ask you some hard questions. I'm not going to sit there and play games with your life that I consider to be an unlimited potential. I'm not going to just you know make your feelings feel good because you think this is all you know, holy and what God should do. No, I'm going to ask you some hard questions. And I'll tell you this too. If I, you, know, I, you would much rather me in love ask you some hard questions than get out on a vision that's not God because the devil's going to question it and he's going to do it in a different way. It's not coming from love. Many people have seen their lives destroyed because they thought it was God pridefully and they weren't willing to subject a vision to a loving a spiritual mentor that will help them see what actually is the vision of God. I want you to be right on time, right on target, in your place, producing an unlimited fruit for the kingdom of God. And sometimes that takes a really honest look. And again, I'll go back to you know chapter or excuse me, verse one. How do we reply when we're reproved? How do we reply then? You know, what's going to happen when you get your vision question and it's not what you thought it was? It, it's a good thing for us to get into the habit of that, where we're good with a correction from the Lord and challenging. If you don't really know, if your vision hasn't been challenged, then do you really know that you know that it's yours and from the Lord? You want to put it on the altar and see if the fire of God will burn it down or if it'll stand in the fire. If it stands in the fire and passes through the test of the fire, now you know it's yours. So why would I waste time giving 20, 30, 40 years on a vision that I didn't take it and set it on the altar and see if it would stand the test of the fire of God? See if it'll stand up under pressure. See if it'll stand up under the heat, right? No, if I'm going to spend 20 or 30 or 40 years, I want to make sure that thing's solid, that it came from God. Amen. It's good stuff, Lord. Thank you. It hastens towards the goal. It will not fail. Though, though a vision sometimes may tarry, wait for it, for it will certainly come. It will not delay. I want to give you a couple more things before we wrap up today. Increasing your vision. I'm really talking about increasing vision, but what we've talked about is the beginning of that vision. Here, here's what I want you to see. I did a series one time. Uh, called The Span of His Hand. and Or I did a message one time called The Span of His Hand. It was one of my favorite messages that I've ever done. And what I had was, I had a, um, we'll just pretend this. I, have, I carry this uh, coin. And um, this coin is a little bit bigger. This is probably more like a half dollar size. But let's pretend that this coin was the size of a quarter. And so one of the questions was, you know, our solar system is, our solar system is made up of nine planets. It was nine planets, and then they made it eight planets, and then they made it nine again. And uh, that's really messed up, what they did to Pluto. But um, our solar system has nine planets and a sun, right? And uh, let's say, you know, that our solar system is in the Milky Way galaxy. 
And if you don't know that, you either haven't gone through elementary school and graduated high school, or it's been a really long time and you weren't paying attention and you may need to repent over that. But um, if not, and I may be helping you, but <laughs> it is messed up, buddy. They, that, what they did to Pluto was wrong. And uh, so here's what I want you to see. Let's say that our solar system is in the Milky Way galaxy. In the Milky Way galaxy, there are multiple solar systems. There's many, uh, many ones. Here's what I want you to see. If this was the size of a quarter, and this represented the size of our solar system with the sun and all nine planets, right? Welcome back, Pluto. Um, if this was the size of our uh, solar system, and it was a quarter, and I laid this quarter on the ground, how big would the Milky Way galaxy be? How big would the Milky Way galaxy? If this is our solar system, would you, know, I don't know where you live, but would the Milky Way galaxy be the size of this church? Or, you know, the land we have right here right now is 4.4 acres. Would would the size of the Milky Way galaxy be smaller or bigger than 4.4 acres? The, our, our, our solar system is the size of a quarter. How big would the Milky Way galaxy be? Put it in the comments. You think it would be bigger or smaller? But he says bigger. Bigger. Okay? And he would be correct. Priscilla says bigger. It is bigger than that. Okay, well, let's expand it to the city. Our city is Albemarle, the city of Albemarle. Would, would the Milky Way galaxy, if our solar system is the size of a quarter, would the Milky Way galaxy be as big as Albemarle, the city limits of Albemarle? Would it be bigger or smaller? Kevin says bigger, way bigger. How big do you think it would be? Bigger. Hannah says bigger. Amen. See, you are already thinking bigger. Okay, it is. it would be bigger than Almar. Would it be bigger than Stanley County? The whole county. Would it be bigger or smaller? And some of you have heard this before, and it's good. How big is God? How big is our, how big is our galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy? Would it be bigger than, than uh, Stanley County? Would the Milky Way galaxy be bigger than Stanley County if our solar system was as big a, as a quarter? Now, is it, is it bigger or smaller than Stanley County? You know, see, our, our comments have slowed down because now people don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you, Kevin says bigger. He's right. It is bigger than Stanley County. Okay, let's stretch it. There's 100 counties in North Carolina. Is the Milky Way galaxy, would it be bigger than the state of North Carolina if, if our solar system and all nine planets, all nine planets is the size of a quarter, would the Milky Way galaxy be bigger than North Carolina? But he says, yes, I would say so. Hannah says, bigger? <laughs> I love it. It's awesome. Priscilla says, yes, bigger. It would be bigger than North Carolina. Would it be bigger? All right, let's, let's jump on out there. Would it be bigger than the United States? 
the whole United States. Our solar system and all nine planets is the size of a quarter laying on the ground would the Milky Way galaxy be bigger than the United States? <laughs> but he says, I feel like Abraham asking God how many righteous were needed to spare. We're pushing and we're pushing. How big is how big is the Milky Way galaxy? I'll tell you, it would be bigger than the United States. Kevin Nowicki says bigger than the continent of North America. The the Milky Way galaxy, if our solar system is the size of a quarter and it laid on the ground, the Milky Way galaxy would be approximately the size of the whole of North America. The United States, Alaska, Canada, the whole of North America would be the size of the Milky Way galaxy. That's what the answer is. The whole of the North American continent would be that size. Now watch this. Watch this. In, if our solar system is the size, watch this now. Yeah, just wait a second. He says, whoa, God is so big. And watch this. I'm, I'm wondering how many times I can say watch this. Inside of our Milky Way galaxy, there are billions, billions of solar systems billions of stars, billions of stars in the Milky Way galaxy. And that's why the Milky Way galaxy is so big. But here's, that's not the end of it. The Milky Way galaxy is one. We, this is what we can see. This is only what we can see. It doesn't mean it's all of them. This is just what we can see. With our telescopes today from Earth, we can already physically see Billions of galaxies. So imagine North America being now the size of a quarter. And there's billions of galaxies in the universe. And watch this. The Bible says this. How big is God? The Bible says, He measured the heavens with the span of His hand. He measured the universe with the span of his hand. How big and how unlimited is God? And so now when, you know, one of the great points I had during that sermon was when he says now, speak to the mountain and it will be thrown into the sea. How big is that mountain to us? A mountain seems, you know, almost unclimbable. But how big is that mountain to God? Barely in existence a piece of dust. And see, we've looked at it as something that's really big, but he measured the heavens. He measured the universe with the span of his hand. God is unlimited. He wants your vision to grow and think like he thinks. <laughs> Buddy, barely, barely an inconvenience. Super easy. <laughs> he wants you to see how good and how great he is. Do you see that we can't move into the far more abundantly beyond until we start to really know him, till we know how big he is, how great he is? Why in the world have we thought earth small? Why have we thought so small, like earth small? God is so big. Amen. Hannah says, talk about chills. Wow, God is so big. He is. And he loves you. And he's got a great plan for you.
We're going to talk about this some more a little bit later. Today was, I guess, just an intro to thinking big and in increasing the capacity. Because if you, can't, if you don't know that God wants you to increase, you don't know that God's unlimited, then how in the world are you going to, how in the world are you going to actually believe? Faith begins where the will of God is known. How can you put faith in something that you don't even know is there? Right? You, you've got to, somebody's got to tell you about it. You've got to start to see it. You've got to get it inside of you. I know God is big. I know God is unlimited. And I know he wants to bless and increase me. And I know he can. Now faith can begin. And that's the faith that you've had inside of you from the beginning of time. Because every man is given the measure of faith to start believing God for big and increase your capacity for vision. We got to think bigger. We got to think bigger. We've been, I can promise you, no matter who's hearing this, you're thinking too small, including myself. We have been thinking too small. We think too small in our beliefs and what we're believing God for. We think too small in our offerings. You know, you start to see that kind of stuff and you're like, well, no wonder God's been asking me for bigger offerings because he's, he's trying to get me to an increase that's beyond what I can even see. No wonder he's stretching me. No wonder he's stretching my faith for an offering. No wonder he's stretching my faith to think bigger. No wonder, no wonder the devil attacks thinking big. Because he doesn't want you thinking like God. Because he knows that if you can think like God. And remember in the Tower of Babel, God himself said, if, if I don't come down here and confuse their language, they're doing things you know, the wrong way. If I don't come down here and confuse their language, they, they can do anything. That's what God said. They can do anything they set their mind to. And that was people operating under the curse. What can you do outside of the curse? In the blessing. In the image and likeness of God taken vision from him, almighty, unlimited God, made in his unlimited likeness and nature what's available to you. Hopefully, we just all increased in our capacity and in our vision today. Thank you, Lord, for such a good day. I just pray right now, whoever may be watching this, you know, God wants you in his family. And he wants you operating like him. And he loves you. No matter what the world has told you, and no matter what kind of garbage, he loves you so much. And he wants to take you higher than you've ever been. And he wants to give you a vision. And it's based in his love. It's not based in holding you back. It's based in setting you loose in his word and in his will. And his will is always, always good. He wants you to be a part of the family. And even if you know God, he wants to release you on a new level. He wants to release you higher. And, and all you have to do is just say, Jesus, I'm going to do it your way. And, and if you just look at nature, if you just look at nature, Romans says that his, his power and his love is clearly seen. Go and look, you know, at the, just look at the, basically the medical science that we've discovered so far in the creation of an eyeball, right? Just an eyeball. Even today, with all the technology we ha have, we can't recreate it. it. It focuses so wide and so quick, and we don't have a lens that can do it. We don't have a computer that can do it. 
It's, I mean, we're getting closer and closer in technology, but still, after all this time, we still can't do what God did when he just formed Adam in the ground, out of the earth. God loves you, and he's looking to lift you up to higher places. He wants you to be a part of his family. And But nature shouts of his glory. It shouts of his love and his unlimited wisdom and uh, unlimited power. Nature shouts it. And no matter if you know him or you want to go to new levels, right now, today, remember, in him, in Jesus, we live. We have life to the full till it overflows. We move and we have our being. Let's move deeper into that fellowship with him today. And let's let the Holy Ghost start to breathe some vision to us on his level. Amen? Pray with me right now. Just say, Jesus, today you are the Lord of my life. I move into fellowship with you. I receive your adoption into your family, Lord. And I believe you took my sins and died for me. And I believe that God brought you back to life. And when he brought you out of that place of death, you did not leave me there. But you raised me up with you into heavenly places, made in your image and likeness to do great and mighty things. Lord, I give you my life. I give you my all, and I'm excited to see what you can do and to walk it out with you. Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Ghost and with fire to be who you've called me to be. Lord, give me vision. Give me a supernatural vision, not an earthly one, so that I may run with it as I apply it and make it mine in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, right now I just pray for everybody that might be listening. Lord, increase our vision. Increase our vision, Lord. Increase our capacity. Let us see so clearly how big you are and how much good you want to do. And Lord, let us be provided for and empowered to do what you've called us to do. Let us not think small. Let us not think just earthly in a corrupted wisdom, in a corrupted knowledge. Lord, let us think eternally, heavenly, and supernaturally. Let us have your mind and your vision, and let us run with it. And Lord, bring that vision to pass. Thank you, Father, as we humble ourselves to you. Lord, let that supernatural grace empower us to be who you've called us to be. And we praise you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we just praise you so much for your goodness. Thank you for increasing our vision today in Jesus' name. If you would like to sow today, uh, you don't have to. It, we sow this broadcast into the world. But if you'd like to take a part, there's multiple reasons why people would want to sow. God can put it on their heart. They want to get the good news of Jesus Christ out. They want to sow the gospel into the world. We literally go around the world at What's Right and Boomerang Church. We literally go around the world and take the good news uh, to people all the time. 
people, uh, regular everyday people, pastors, leaders, business leaders, all over the world we teach and train and show people the love of God and help to increase their vision and capacity. And you may want to be a part of that. If God's put that on your heart, they have set multiple ways. You can go to giveww.org. Uh, Cash app is giveww. Uh, Facebook, you can type in the comments, hashtag donate, followed by the amount. Uh, PayPal, all of that information is there on your screen. And uh, we just praise God for you. If you want to donate, well, we, our job is to receive those to advance the kingdom and be a place where your seed finds fertile ground. And if, if you want that to happen and you sow today, Lord, we just pray for every person that's sowing seed today. Lord, let it be multiplied supernaturally according to you, an unlimited God. Whew, according to your exponential multiplication, Lord, let it be multiplied on that level according to the God factor. In Jesus' name, Lord, let it be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, and running over in Jesus' name. You know, he can take a couple of pennies and multiply it times himself and bring in a harvest that is out of this world. And listen, God is so big. He's so big. He's so big. He's so big, and he wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. You know, sometimes there's different, this comes up to me. Sometimes when you want to, Lord, I know I need increased vision, so you'll see a message like today, and you'll say, Lord, I want to sow into that message because I need more vision. I'm sowing specifically for that. Specifically for that, Lord, increase my vision. And God's putting it on your heart to believe him on another level, to receive vision on a supernatural level. And this is the type of message that, that you say, Lord, I'm believing for that message I just heard. Lord, manifest it in me. Lord, help me to break off those limits. And that is a biblical reason to sow. And so, Father, we just thank you. And it could be that you just broke through a thinking that's held you back for, the, for all of your life because of a message like today. And anytime you see people where they come through and they receive the breakthrough in the Bible, you'll see them stop, set up an altar, give God an offering, and worship Him. And so whatever it is, if you feel the Lord, you want to get the word out, you want to connect, you just want to partner with what we're doing, or you're believing God for a breakthrough in this area, or you just received a breakthrough, all of those are reasons that the Lord can put it on your heart to sow. And so, Lord, again, bless that in the name of Jesus. The people that are sowing for the different reasons, Lord, bless everyone. Lord, cause breakthrough to come, cause vision to be increased supernaturally, Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll talk some more about this later on in the week. Tomorrow, I have a surprise for you. Marky?